Hello and welcome to the EdSurge On Air podcast. This is the fourth and final episode of a four-part series about why teachers teach, called Teachable Moments. In this series, we're talking with educators who attended the EdSurge Fusion Conference last fall. They share some of the most memorable and often challenging moments in their careers, but ultimately what brings them joy in teaching. I'm Sydney Johnson, an assistant editor at EdSurge. And I'm Monica Brady-Meyerov, a public radio reporter and the founder of ListenWise, a listening skills-building company that brings great storytelling to the classroom for free. The Roman philosopher Seneca once said, while we teach, we learn. It's been a while since then, but the idea that teaching can help learners master a concept remains popular today. We see learning by teaching playing out in classrooms, whether it's in small groups of students teaching one another or peer mentoring. And the learning that's happening is not just around academics. It's also about relationships, big ideas, and ourselves. That's what we'll be focusing on in this episode, and how there's something to learn for teachers at all ages. First up is Christina Romero, a digital learning coach with Santa Fe Public Schools in New Mexico. She tells us about how a group of students encouraged one of their classmates who was struggling, and what that taught her about the importance of student relationships. So I was thinking of a time when I was teaching third grade and had a student who truly struggled with her own behavior. She lost her temper very quickly. She had to be in control of everything. She always wanted to be in charge. So anytime there was a group activity where you had to share materials or maybe you had to share ideas, she had to be the first to share, but then she was not a great listener and and often overtook everybody else. So it became all about her. And so when you would call her on that, she would get very frustrated, very angry. And quite often, you know, she just couldn't calm down enough to, to stay in the room. So we had decided her calm space was in the hallway where she could be still close by. She could come back in as soon as she felt ready. But in the beginning of the year, it would take her quite a bit of time, 30 minutes or longer, just to get to a place where she could return to the room. Her anger and her frustration were that intense. And my science lessons were always very collaborative, very inquiry-based, students working together, groups as small as just pairs, sometimes more, and she loved that time. But again, she struggled with it. So one day during a lesson, she lost it. You know, we went into the hall, we had a brief talk. I came back in to return to the lesson, and about a minute later, she returned as well. And I noticed it, but what I hadn't realized is her classmates noticed it too. And this is where I get like shaky on it. So I'm so proud of them. One of the other little girls really was trying to be her friend. And there were often conflicts between them. And, you know, she was like, I'm not sure I should be your friend. Friends don't treat each other this way. But she saw her walk back in the room and said, oh my gosh, you were only out there a minute you realize, sorry, do you realize it used to take you a long time? And you just came back in after about a minute, and you're ready to work with us. It was amazing. I do a lot of work with the relationship building, and I always thought of it as a way for the kids to work together because they need to share ideas, share materials, share their learning. But I guess I hadn't really thought about that next level where they helped each other be better people. I learned that it really is worth the time to build those relationships and that it's not just for me as the teacher, that it goes beyond between me and the student. The relationships truly happen 
between the students. And even though they will move on to a different teacher the next year, possibly even other schools, but those relationships that they build between each other, they will be in the same grade cohort for many years, and they will benefit from those relationships with each other. Christina Romero, a digital learning coach with Santa Fe Public Schools in New Mexico. Next up is Abigail Joseph, a middle school director of learning, innovation, and design at the Harker School in San Jose, California. She describes a time at a previous school she worked at when students and teachers collaborated on a project and how that inspired her and other educators to feel re-energized around what they teach. So when I was at a previous school, the 7th and 8th grade teachers, every year the students studied curriculum, either the Silk Road or the World's Fair. And the year that they were teaching the World's Fair, I worked with the students to create websites. At that time, I was a computer science teacher, so web design was something that I wanted to teach the students. And I worked with this amazing team of eighth grade teachers, someone from humanities, science, writing, and the social justice coordinator to come up with a web design project for the students that could incorporate into this theme of the World's Fair. So each student developed a website for the country that they were studying, and that website was about a way to spawn action for someone in the community of the country that they were studying. So the website was basically a pretend nonprofit that was going to spawn the citizens of that country into action around some problem that that country was facing. What surprised me the most is the end product that the students were able to come up with. They were able to do the copy for the websites in the writing class and through humanities. And so I got to just focus on the technology aspect. And what surprised me the most was how polished their websites were in the short period of time that they had to create them. My word to sum this up would be collaboration makes ideas take flight. It wasn't the student collaboration, it was actually the collaboration with the other teachers that made this great project possible. And so I don't think if we weren't all able to sit in a room and figure out how we could utilize each other for our different pieces of the project, this great idea would never have gotten off the ground. The advice I would give to others is to collaborate is not to give up your time or to compromise but to make you feel inspired about what you teach. That was Abigail Joseph, Director of Learning, Innovation, and Design at the Harker School in San Jose, California. Now we hear from Julia Dexter, co-founder of Swivel Park, a game-based reading company. She describes a tough time when one of her own children had trouble staying engaged with learning, except when they were in front of a screen. And she shares what she learned when she took it upon herself to help address that same barrier for more students. The reason that I was interested in founding Squiggle Park, I had been in technology for years, and I have four kids, one of whom really struggled with reading. And by grade four, he was identified as as a child who, who needed to go for psychological testing to see if there was something beyond just normal struggle. And um, it, just seeing in the system how long it would take to actually diagnose the, the challenge and get him help just wasn't acceptable to me as a parent. And I really started to look at what did engage him. I thought he was bored at school and I wanted to find a way to get him inspired to read and starting to feel confident. And what struck me always with my kids was how addicted they were to 
the screen, you know, and it was amazing to me that as a parent, I could do anything to try to keep them motivated and engaged. <laughs> and then I put them in front of a screen and all of a sudden it's this magic, like what's happening there? And I thought if I could capture that same addiction, frankly, but actually have the content that they're consuming be focused on the learning that they need to be strong and confident, you know, readers and learners through play, then maybe there was something magical that we could do in education. And that's what it, that's what got me into the, the education sector. I was surprised how quickly he lost confidence. He went from being a super kind of engaged, social, you know, kid with tons of friends. And he, he did, he still had that, but he lost confidence so quickly when he saw that kids were moving beyond him. You know, they had to pick leveled books in the classroom to bring home and... And for my son, when he would have to pick a lower level, it just was, it was devastating. And he started to feel like he wasn't smart, which wasn't the case. It just, he wasn't being taught in a way that was really resonating with him. So it really kind of speaks to this idea of personalized learning that we're speaking about at this conference this week. The word I'd use to sum up my experience is transformative. Because I went from being a technologist, working with large enterprise on how to innovate systems and get people to use, you know, technologies in their businesses, to really trying to understand how we can innovate in education to provide um, solutions that kids really, really love. You know, love to play and that where they're driving their own learning. Because I've been in classrooms now, you know, for many, 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 many weeks at a time just watching teachers and how they struggle with classrooms with diverse learners across a vast spectrum of skill. And the idea that, that um, we're not equipping these teachers with tools that that help them scale their instruction it to me is is really it's a big miss right now in education and I know that we we have the capacity on the technology side to work with educators to provide fantastic tools and I think what we're transformative because I think what we're not doing right now is bringing marrying those two things together in a way that's really kind of uh, collaborative we have a digital sector building technologies we have an education sector focusing on implementation and curriculum but very rarely do they actually come together and transform education through true collaboration. And I think that that's, that's what my experience has been and why I really want to work closely with the best educators in the world to try to, to make change. That was Julia Dexter, co-founder of Squiggle Park, a game-based reading company. And finally, we hear from Rudy Esqui, CEO of Teach and Kids Learn. Before starting an education company, Rudy was a middle school teacher for 10 years, and he shares how an interaction with a student made him realize just how hard and how nearly impossible it can feel to try and really reach all students and give them equal opportunity. In middle school, I had a special position. It was a at-risk coordinator. I worked with students at risk, uh, developing programs to enhance their capabilities to close the gap whatever gaps that they have instructionally and to create experiences for them to move on and graduate from high school to close the uh, dropout rate that was uh, very high and prevalent in that area. Well, in my family, we have uh, a rule when we were growing up that once we finished graduating college that we had to go back to education. It was something that my mother uh, required of us. And uh, we had to go back to education and teach for a minimum of one year. I graduated and actually was an engineer, an electrical engineer, and worked in that for about a year and a half prior to coming back to education. I didn't know when I went back that I would fall in love with it, that I would be able to see the impact that I could have on others. 
not only children, but teachers, my peers, and, and the system itself. I never realized that I could make a difference until I was actually in it. And that surprised me because I, I thought I was just going to do my year like my older sister, my older brother did and, and go back to whatever it is that I was doing. Little did I realize that my connections to the students and to the uh, people that I had the, fortunate, the fortune to deal with, that it would change me. I met this student that he was a seventh grader and he was two grades behind. And um, I was trying to appeal to him and his family to keep them, him involved in school. And I tried everything I could, every opportunity, everything that was made available to me as a resource, and it wasn't working. It was not working. And, and one day he just told me, you could do whatever you want, Mr. Asqui, and it's not going to help me. It's not going to make a difference because I'm not here to go to school anymore. And it was then that I realized, you know, because so many people tell you, you can't save them all. And it hit me that moment, that, that saying in reality. And it was extremely sad. It was, it was, it was, it's a person, it's a, it's a life, it's a whole ripple effect right there in front of you. And, and realizing that you're powerless at that moment. So what I learned from that moment was that I had to change. I had to do something different. I, I, I had to think outside the box to make a difference in others. And it's in that thinking and working for several years, which I did for 10 years, that I learned to do things differently and make a difference in as many people I could touch, as, um, in the lives of so many people that I could touch. That, and then they, they touch, because they pass it on as well. I spent 10 years teaching, and then I, I moved on to make a bigger impact in uh, professional development across the country so that I could bring this excitement and lessons learned to others. That was Rudy Esqui, CEO of Teaching Kids Learn. This is the final episode of our four-part series called Teachable Moments. Be sure to check out episodes one through three if you haven't already. This series was made possible thanks to a partnership with ListenWise, an award-winning listening program that brings the most compelling podcasts and NPR stories to middle and high school classrooms. The music you hear in this episode comes from Bandcamp and is by Joaquim Carud. Thanks for listening to these teacher stories on Teachable Teachable Moments. Moments.